0: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Gil, it's a week of news, it's fortnights of news, all sorts of things going on, leaks, games coming out. Jim Ryan can't stand it anymore. He's out of here, he's running away.
1: Can I make a noise that expresses all of the uh, news stories compiled into one? Please do. Uh... <laughs> It's time to talk about the state of the industry because we have had a glut of great games. Baldur's Gate 3, get out of here. Resident Evil 4 expansion. Oh, you were nice. See you soon, pal. Cyberpunk's massive update. Mm-mm-mm. Can I have some more, sir? No, because we are here to talk about the breaking news on this not news podcast because mm-hmm. this is the UBP, the UBP, the, U- the UBP. B-P. With Scott Telford and me, the egg, Jules Gill. <laughs> and, um, but there has been quite a lot of groundbreaking news recently. Did you see that Hyenas got cancelled this morning as well? I did!
2: Yeah, I was just yeah. talking to that with um, PC gamer Stevie Ward, who's been helping us out on uh, the Walk game and stuff. Legend. You can see her on some uh, quizzes, some stuff that we shot in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, she messaged in the Hyenas has been cancelled. I wasn't following that game too much, but now, it's another uh, extraction tour We'll talk about this very quickly, because obviously this is
1: this is the, about the, um, the, the uh, viewers sending in yes. their questions, getting yes. their voices heard, not just listening. To us prowl on about all <laughs> this stuff, but basically, hyenas is the equivalent of uh, letting somebody fart into your open mouth, it just is a complete nothingness. And they're like, Listen to all the devs out there, I feel sorry for you that you had to work on this, I'm sure it was a great game, um, mm. at some point. But when I saw it at Gamescom, I was like, Wow, this is the biggest bit of bland I've ever seen. No way, stop trying to push this, you're not payday, and payday doesn't even want to be payday at the moment, so let's just chill the brakes on this one. And apparently, yeah. they listened and they
2: were just like, Nah, this isn't going to work, we're out. I so. have a such a theory that I mean, at the minute, I'm I'm going to go wide with this and we'll just see how true this is over time. But I think every single... I'm just going to say it, pretty much every confirmed current live service game is not going to make it out or is going to die. Like, Wild Hearts launched this year and died within about eight months or whatever. It's
1: it's because I think we've discussed this before in Mm. the sense that when all of the live service models really took off, it was during the height of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So people were obviously at home more often than not and they were playing these games and checking in daily because they were trying to establish a new routine for their own mental health, just for their social aspects, for many reasons. Mm -hmm. So that's why those live service games really took off and people had more disposable income because they were weren't going out to spend on games and in-game currencies and things like that Mm -hmm. so take all of that and now remove that factor because people are back to work whether or not covid or not has been dealt with (laughs) spoilers it hasn't so it's a case of now we're in that situation where we have all of these live service games that were developed during that time thinking that this is the gold uh, rush time mm-hmm. have now arrived at the town and it is a ghost one. It is, it's just not a good time to be a live service game, yet the companies behind them are slow to react and they don't realise that the moment's already gone. It's already happened, just... it's
2: already been and, been and went. And even then, I mean, the, the ones that were doing the rounds in the pandemic it didn't really have, you know, microtransactions, monetary elements. It was Among Us that blew up. It was yeah. like, you know, people, people playing like wars on a battle royale, like obviously Call of Duty sort of uh, do in and monetize that stuff. But I feel like the amount of different life service games that have since been greenlit, like Hyenas, obviously Suicide Squad is being, yeah. currently being overhauled, yeah. but I doubt that's going to work. There's Square Enix is still doing their NFT game that they reckon is going to last for the next five years. I'll be amazed if that even they, sees well, the light of day. Will Square
1: Enix even last five years at this rate? <laughs> I, I don't even understand this, man. It's like, so... Uh, what it is, is that I feel like we've needed this industry shakeup for a while. Um, yeah. We've become languishing in this sort of like NFTs, quick money, fast. It's all just like there's no long term goal. There's just short term gain at yep. the cost of a company's reputation. So with Jim Ryan stepping aside, I arguably would say he's been one of the worst Sony execs <laughs> um, ever. And I'm this is in my opinion. Yes. I can only go on what I've seen and what his company has been putting out. Mm-hmm. while there have been amazing first party published titles that does not reflect Sony as an as a company overall and they have made some bafflingly strange decisions I tell you their, what's really their funny their insistence of using that Sony blog to get all of their news mm.
2: out instead of any actual structured news source is insane There's <laughs> <laughs> was like those are blog post updates there's things at like the PlayStation portal there's Jim Ryan's general sort of um, approach to PS Plus and backwards compatibility and legacy services we're going to get there um, with the Jim Ryan so I tell you what's really funny is that I made a whole video on um, um, ways that Sony are letting everyone down, the amount of potential mm, they have, mm, if mm. they would just hit these open goals that are right in front of them. Um, that's going up today. We're recording this at about quarter to 12 um, on the 28th. That's going up at 2pm. And it was just funny because that that thing was ready to go as of this morning. And then Jim Ryan stepping down. I talk a lot about Jim Ryan in that video. And uh, it's almost like he sort of like knew it was coming. He's knew the yeah, amount yeah. of different comments. He's then.
1: He was, was teetering on the brink. And then he was like, oh, I feel like what culture is going to do a little <laughs> video on me? I'm stepping down. I'm, I'm not having it. Are you going to record Something's a new in intro the- just being like hey everyone and um, like obviously Jim Ryan stepped down or announced that he stepped down from this I might, here. Yeah
2: I might double check my phrasing yeah, I remember because yeah, yeah. um, it was written by uh, one of our writers Jack Pooley I adapted it and changed a few bits and pieces but I thought he nailed the ma- vast majority of it so it's one of those things where most of it like massively holds up and because of a lot of the things that assumedly Jim Ryan put in motion um, like live service stuff like yeah. Foam Stars yeah. um, that Fair Games game the general sort of push into mobile gaming live services and all that kind of stuff um, it'll take over the next CEO is to get to either yeah. stop those projects or I'm curious how much of that stuff stands the test of time and how much of that was his idea or not. Um, because you can kind of see the corpo executive 101 going like, live services are the thing, guys. Let's yeah. do mobile games. Let's do all this stuff. And it's, then nobody actually wanted it.
1: It's a real shame because it's like you've got so many tantalizing IPs and you know what, as much as people like ripping on foamstar for being a Splatoon ripoff, mm. and it most definitely is, apparently it's very fun to play. Yeah, it's, it's just a- the problem is that it's all just cynical cash driven mm. decisions. And it's like the it sounds like a, we sound like a broken record at this point. It's just like where is the originality? And when the originality does arrive, why is it not supported better?
2: Yeah, and it's just one of those things where like, I started talking in the office and uh, me and you we were talking about movies that just feel like content or TV shows that feel like content Yeah, where someone's just pointed at a thing and gone, that'll that'll probably break even. That'll do some numbers. Let's do another one of them. Like they brought Frasier back. Expendables 4 didn't need yeah. to exist. Just content all the time.
1: Do you know what it is? There's actually like within the uh, movie industry, there is like this sort of um, this cycle, this wave formula. And I can't remember what the name of it is, but they talk about how we are now in this uh, particular point that's reminiscent of the very early early days of cinema where Mm -hmm. people would take a punt on low effort low cost projects because they think to themselves well one of these 10 films will make a profit and it will support the other nine films even if they absolutely suck so Mm -hmm. they're basically just doing that with games nowadays they're just like ah yeah like like, whatever like this will make x (laughs) amount of money and that will that will support this here but the problem is is that as square enix is finding out they put all of their eggs in the Final Fantasy 16 basket mm-hmm. and thought that that was going to carry their entire company out of the red. But the problem is, is that... You haven't supported the rest of the company, so no, it's not going to work like that. No,
2: the, the Square Enix, the state of Square Enix. I know people have like dove into all those numbers, and they had, they are two billion down in terms of I think it's like market value. But there, there's a whole crazy. thing about crazy ways you can read that stuff, where it's like they're going to keep keep keeping going for a little bit longer, but they're not anywhere near as strong as they could be, considering yeah. the amount of things that they've put out. Um, to focus in on Jim Ryan for a bit, we do have a lot of questions about him. Yeah, apologies um,
1: everyone, I've done my usual <laughs> thing of just getting on the soapbox, having a little oh. shout, and then I get tired. <laughs>
2: well, this is definitely what um, people want to talk about. This the Jim Ryan stuff is breaking. As of this morning, like I said, yeah. uh, Thursday the 28th. Um, and I only gave people about an hour to send questions in. So massive, massive thank you to everybody who responded. Legends. Uh, they're all legends. You're all legends. Um, so we had a question from JWT who says, Name one good thing and one bad thing about Jim Ryan's tenure as CEO of Sony PlayStation. For them, he sold a hell of a lot of units with the PlayStation 4, which was a great console. The bad is his stance on backwards compatibility. Um, I think the um, good think... thing... Oh, go on. I, the, the, the backwards com- compatibility thing, I know that's a very contentious issue.
1: But mm. I actually... <clears throat> I was with him on that one. I didn't right. think that the console should have featured backwards compatibility things because the only way you push technology forward is by actually cutting ties and saying, look, we can't support this architecture because it requires disks, for example. We want to yes. move into a purely like digital format or we want to expand in some ways that it just cannot operate with the pre of uh, the prior tech. And mm-hmm. I think that that is important to do. True. However, the way that they did it, which was like, oh, we've marketed our entire operation on being for the gamers and you can't even play half of these games, games anymore and we're going to bring back the games from the ps4 on the ps5 with a huge price increase that was stinky it's like i think it was a right and wrong way to do it
2: yeah when it gets brought up with his general stance on backwards compatibility that sort of blows over with his general stance on legacy content and ps1 games and stuff like that and i know that he like said he was ostensibly misquoted or, or his emphasis was taken in the wrong way where he was you know shown the original gran turismo and he apparently said oh who would ever want to play that and he was just saying what he meant apparently was that he wanted to focus on the future and everything else yeah but you have this history, you have this legacy, you have these old consoles. Why is there not a PlayStation 2 app or a PS1 app on the it, PS5? It blows my
1: mind that you'd have somebody come out and say something like that, albeit if he is misquoted. still The tone is still the same, mm-hmm. that, that we should be moving forward. Then why did you release your PS5 with a game entitled, that, uh, that was uh, solely focused around the PlayStation's legacy and that Boy yeah. uh, thing? It was literally, <laughs> literally, it was just saying, hey, look how great we were. Remember this? So
2: why have you put that onto your future set? That was a very baffling move. Great, yeah. great experience though. That's the thing, and it's like I feel like his general stance on PlayStation's own history has just been like, ah, no one cares about that. And I get the menti- I get the the CEO mindset of like you're inheriting, you're taking over this sort of tech company, and tech doesn't look backwards. Like tech as an industry, as a medium, tends to be whatever the latest unit is. Maybe you have a yeah. phone from a few years ago, but you're not going to go that far back. And once you apply that to gaming, um, wrongly you would then go, oh, well, no one cares about this game. Um, but at I the same that, time,
1: I think that my um, uh, the, the sort of best and worst thing that he'd done it would
2: be like if summed up with the
1: PlayStation VR2 headset. Right. That's that's, yeah. that's probably the encapsulation of it because like that tech is amazing. Like mm. there's no no shred like you cannot argue with it. It's fantastic to play. It feels great to use as well and it is just remarkable what they managed to mm-hmm. get out of that hardware. But the problem is the pricing, <laughs> you the lack it. of support, and <laughs> yeah. any game that is attached to it was just like never made to be a felt like they were a priority.
2: Mm-hmm. So everyone's just been like, it is a thing that exists that is good that is not supported. Hello, mm-hmm. PS Vita. Which is Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of like the um, ties in with your sin about the blog post announcements and the general idea of like if you want to get the most out of PlayStation or see what, what other irons they've got in the fire, you've got to f- go looking for them, try yeah. and find the blog yeah. post, try and find the update on what's happening. Obviously, um, one of the most recent things which is under his tenure is the increase in PlayStation Plus pricing as well. Like oh, it's going yes. up in October. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that'll get rolled back. I assume not. Um, but yeah, in terms of I'm trying to think of a good thing, um, I mean, he's been good for shareholders. Like it's yeah. one of those things yeah. where he's so, to <laughs> me, he's a very boring dude he's made people
1: a lot of money yes
2: he's made people money i mean he's i assume the person behind um the overall green lighting of remaking the last of us one remaking horizon forbidden west uh, sorry horizon zero dawn yeah um doing these sort of like almost more recent remakes um, to try and sort of revolve them around as the playstation studio stuff comes into the fore which is maybe another thing if you like the playstation studio stuff like you've got the uncharted movie you've got a push into the ghost of sushma movie god of war tv show like I, I guess like we're, we're sort of waiting to see what those are like but I, I can see him having that vision like why not go wider and have all these tie-in things and then put a new version of the game out and everything else so that's good if you only care about the monies but I, I've kind of always been I thought he pilled in comparison to the um, the previous generation the PlayStation 4 era um, and yeah. the Sean Layden era um, where it's like you had someone who felt more like a gamer it just felt someone who was actually playing stuff um, yeah. and wanted to greenlight the right projects and didn't just want to sell you a PlayStation 4 portal for whatever two hundred pounds or whatever the hell it is, where it's just a tablet with a controller glued yeah. on the side of it. Yeah. Stuff like that. I think the bad thing is that he he hasn't been a face. Like he wasn't a face for the company um in a good way. It, whenever he popped up, it was like, all right, what are you gonna say now? Like you're probably gonna say something that's corpo or whatever. That's a good point actually. Yeah, you you dreaded his
1: appearances because you <laughs> thought that they would always come with an associated and were charging you more
2: yeah and it's like whereas I loved um, seeing like the various like I've always liked seeing Phil Spencer I believe that he cares about what he's doing I think he's all over the place at the minute but at least he cares um, and he's coming from the right place whereas Jim Ryan was a businessman through and through look at Nintendo anytime that they get any of their CEOs or
1: execs out there it's just like oh it's so amazing because it's like I know that you're associated with a certain uh, arm of Nintendo or a certain Mm -hmm. brand or a certain franchise and I'm excited to see you because Mm -hmm. I know that your passion is going to be the thing that you're going to sell me on effectively yeah
2: and it's I mean I, I wish they would have someone as big as like Reggie Fils-Aimé like they got yeah. Doug Bowser in who's really really solid um, but they've got a few other people presenting the Nintendo Directs and stuff mm-hmm. but yeah it's um, it's one of those things where the Jim Ryan era I think will be remembered for inflating the bottom line at the cost of um, authenticity on the gamer front it, yeah. it just felt like it was a business when he was in charge it was a business ass um, business and there's only so far that that'll curry favour with me personally
1: In a totally cynical way you could say that his <laughs>
2: entire run
1: was finding out how much you were willing to put up with and how much you would be willing to pay because what he's done is he's stoked the fires of conversation between gamers but at the end of the day we're still consuming from this company and we're still doing so at a higher price
2: Mm -hmm. and I like that there's a lot of comparisons between Playstation and Apple in terms of like they like this luxury brand and you go to them for this luxury experience and you expect the higher price tag and everything else Um, but there was just something a bit soul emptying about like we're going to remake the Horizon and we're going to remake The Last of Us and we're going to rely on this stuff and like the Sony Formula stuff really came into the fore across the last few years because of how much it had taken off across the Playstation 4 era so yeah there is that Um, Jarvis messaged in who was the person you got hey, us on stage last year so massive shout out to Sadie Jarvis um who would you like to see take over Jim Ryan's place for them it has to be Herman Holst I don't know who you give this to I mean there's some people shouting out Sean Layden to get him back I mean I liked his comments um where he was talking about how unsustainable the yeah. amounts of money being put into these first party projects is and how he would prefer a wider amount of titles rather than throwing half a, a few hundred million at a certain genre over and over again but I don't know who you give it to. Just who, someone who actually plays games would be nice.
1: I was about to say, maybe you don't look for like the executive. Maybe you look, oh, I tell you what, it would be funny to have Peter Moll on you. It really <laughs> would. It would be so funny because you would be getting like promises that would just be so out of whack. But uh-huh. uh, who was, I can't remember the name and it's going to annoy me that it's so obvious. Who mm-hmm. was the creative lead of the ground?
0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns
3: before we go any further i want to talk to you about today's sponsor masterclass
1: Who left? Uh, well, there was there was a Dan Hauser Was the guy you're probably trying to think of, the writer? Dan Hauser. Imagine having somebody like that at the helm, <laughs> where it was like a pure creative, undeniably strange
2: right. and completely off the wall, mm-hmm. but leading the Sony flagship, as it were. There. I don't know who the hell you get cuz the thing is I don't know I don't know all the executives as anywhere near as much as I know the mm. the devs and the and the studios and everything else. But I else, think so that,
1: I, that's what I think that's what you need. I feel like yes. we need like a um a celebrity air quotes face to to be mm. there to to lead the ship and be like look I you were you had a completely corpo person before. Now I'm 100 <laughs> percent personality driven, mm-hmm. and you know the quality of games that I or my team makes. So mm-hmm. let's use that as the impetus to support us. You know?
2: Yeah. I just they used to have like I've, I'm blanking on the name of the dude. You might be able to remember there was this, there was an actor they hired to be a fake CEO for a while, um, and he it was he was marketing the, that, um, no. <laughs> the motion control things. I'm blanking on his name. He was blonde. He was really really good at it. Okay. And um, and he was all he would come out and he would be this like fake blowhard. CEO guy, um, and he was all like, I, "I love gaming, and we all love gaming." And he was really, really fun. Um, Kevin Butler, I think he was. Oh, called. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. and uh, and he was really, really effective. But that was like a whole specific era of Sony that was just coming off all the high, all the um, hubris of the, the late two thousands when they were all like, yeah. "Oh, you'll get two jobs to play, pay for the PS three and everything." And they sort of came back around on the PlayStation Four. But yeah, I just need they need something that's kind of enigmatic, charismatic, like yeah. worth watching, not just someone telling you about what business moves they've just made and you know transactions you've got coming your way. So with uh, Games
1: Workshop, the guys who are behind Warhammer, every mm-hmm. year they bring out, or actually maybe it's like more than once a year, they bring out a guy called uh, James Workshop, who is like a <laughs> fake character that they've got. That's horrible, this, um, but genius. It's amazing because he's um, <laughs> hes completely like, how, how's best to describe him? Um, he's kind of like Charlie Brooker, like super sardonic, right. I really, really like clever dry wit and delivers it with like a really bombastic approach uh-huh. and he comes out over Christmas to basically tell you that this is the time to get your Christmas orders in if you want them delivered by Christmas mm-hmm. but they do so in such crazy silly ways that it grows and grows and grows each year that people look forward to that event more right. than anything else that uh, they would be announcing <laughs> in that time period and it's like that surely is the type of energy we should be trying to cultivate mm-hmm. like the Nintendo Directs the um, the uh, the thing where you just go oh I've seen this person's face and I'm immediately excited.
2: Yeah and I think they need speaking of things like the direction the State of Plays, they've had such a rocky reception. Like they're either really solid and you'll get something you didn't expect or they're completely flat and they just feel like the shareholder updates that they ostensibly are. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a, they need to have that, uh, oh my God, a reveal trailer of this thing or whatever. Or people just wonder why the hell they're turning up for it.
1: I remember it was like maybe 2018 or 2019 back when I was still up in Newcastle mm-hmm. and we stayed up to watch one of the State of Plays together. I think it was like <laughs> the first ones like, that, we, that we ever did like a live stream right, right. And as soon as it finished, you were like,
2: state of this more like, and it was like... <laughs> that's kind of been the case for the last like yeah. few years of them it's rare that they get one and um, that knocks it out the park but um question from paul McSoul. this is a bit of a gear change a bit of a, a sure. switch here what is the one true proper condiment for fries or chips if we prefer and why is oh. it salt and vinegar now i think they've broken their own question oh there, wait wait, wait, but... wait. so, so fries are different
1: to chips because like that's chips true. are like chips are like a chip shop uh chips mm-hmm, big mm-hmm. thick wedges um and salt and vinegar on them, absolute godsend. That is mm-hmm, the only mm-hmm. combination that I will accept. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to fries, like your French fries or your American potato lengths or whatever you call them, mm-hmm. they—I um, would say that, uh, like tomato ketchup. Even that is a completely risky one because you've got to choose the right <laughs> amount of ketchup for it. Do you want to go for a relish instead? Are you a madhead that has mayo like all the uh, Swedish people out there? I was going to say mayo. They love mayo out there. And it's also mm-hmm. an absolute banger. Do you go fancier? Do you go for a sriracha sauce? Do you go for a sriracha mayo? Like, where do you want oh, to go? Did,
2: sriracha mayo is a great show. Anything that's a little bit of a hot sauce once you've got the taste for it is pretty, pretty good. Um, what if you went, Crystal, um, K- if you went
1: um, KFC, right? Because mm. they have the worst chips out of any uh, fast food place. Did you I'm, see- just saying, I'm just saying they do.
2: No, no, no. Did you see their um, Twitter admin saying, agreeing that the chips are terrible? And yeah, he, was yeah. like, I'm gonna, <laughs> he was like, I'm going to go and talk to the big man and see if I can get some sort of... He's like, yeah, hashtag pray for admin or something. I like KFC's chips. I don't want to be a contrarian, but I think they're quite good. I think they go nicely with the fried... It's a nice juxtaposition with the what, crunchy fried chicken. Yeah, they're just nothingness. They're just like They're quite big, squishy.
1: Big flakes of nothingness. And I think that... <laughs> but the gravy, if you had chicken gravy with your chips,
2: then you are winning because gravy yep, yep. is just hands down amazing. <laughs> the KFC gravy is pretty good. and um, um, I'm going to go with mayo, but I agree that there's a distinction between chips and fries. Yeah. Um, if, we're, if we're going chips, we're doing proper English chip shop chips, then it's, it is salt and vinegar. But, However- this might,
1: but this might even be an Americanized question. And this True. chips might actually be crisps. They might be asking for that. Oh, so who, who's putting condiments on a bag of crisps, though? That's the, that's the real question. Uh, have you heard of nachos, my friend? <laughs> is a nacho a crisp? I guess it is. Nacho is definitely a crisp. It's a tortilla chip. Yeah. And it yeah, is crisp. I, uh, crisp I guess to, so. the, to the uh, texture. And, and This is and like a bowl of
2: cereal or soup. Like if, the, if you go down the, the route of uh, categorization. See, it's
1: annoying that because because uh,
2: gazpacho comes along and ruins any suggestion <laughs> of it has to be hot to do that. And you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. Or like a, a hot dog is like a sideways burger or a burger is a sandwich. There was a whole Sa- thing where people oh, got man, carried yeah, away with it.
1: Because it all like every food boils down into three categories, doesn't it? Like pie, cake. <laughs> burger or something so like that it was liquids. crazy i remember
2: just like what is the, what is going on a <laughs> uh, question from jack jingle who says any memories of guides that you used to get with game magazines remember having a metallic purple pokemon guide Ooh. for red blue yellow from official nintendo and a little postcard sized paperback for final fantasy 7 from a playstation publication <laughs> Yes, I yes. used to collect these. I used to have stacks and <clears> stacks, <throat> stacks and stacks of guides that I just never got to. I never, I used to, this is hilarious. And I've never, never mentioned this in public. I used to <laughs> read those books when I was, oh, you should read more. Because I used to play games so much yeah, as a yeah. kid. And uh, I would always do like doctor's checkups, GP stuff. And they were, oh, what are you, what are you up to? What are you doing? And I would always reel off all the games that I'm playing. And they would be like, do you not want to read more? Because you should read more. And yeah. so I would just pick up these little guides and just read <laughs> what was happening in Resident <laughs> Evil, even though I'm not actually playing through the game. That was, and uh, pretending that they were stories or whatever, just I getting, love through that. All the, getting through my well, backlog.
1: I I too collected the guides, but I remember particularly there was a like um a mini mini book that came mm. with another publication that uh, gave a guide part one of a four or five part series for Final Fantasy VII, and um, I remember reading that just being absolutely blown away because I'd played Final Fantasy VII uh, by this point. I believe I was probably on like disc two or three, very far into the um, into the mix as it were. <laughs> uh-huh. But then. This was telling me about all these secrets that I never even thought about. It's like telling me that I should steal some stuff from this guy. Should I should um, <laughs> go and do this boss first. I should go and do here. I should get this materia. And I was uh. just like ah this is completely changing the way that I play the game now mm-hmm. so I obviously went back and started it all again and I was I learned right there the importance of guides like it wasn't necessarily as fun as an experience of finding
2: out for yourself mm-hmm. but it was so satisfying to be so over leveled by the time that I got to well, certain things the thing is with 7 I remember because I used to I used to hang out and play Final Fantasy 7 with a couple of different friends and their older brother and I always remember we would come home from school and the older brother would have got to the next story bit and we yeah, would sit yeah. down and he'd tell us what was going on or whatever, and we had our own saves as well but um, I remember him showing us the Knights of the Round summon, yeah. and they, he'd spent all day doing the breeding thing or whatever it was to get there. The chocolate, yeah, buster. the golden chocobo, yeah. Which I've to me personally, I've never done that. I've never spent the time and got it myself. I've only seen it be used. And then I remember I had an exploder cheat cartridge for the PS One. that unlocked Oh yeah, it. classic. So I was just like you know, big little criminal that I was, using <laughs> that to, to uh, <laughs> use the summon. But like something like that. Who the hell stumbled upon that the first time? Surely that yeah. always came from an official guide that was distributed or something. Because I always think that that there must be
1: something that's like the the first person does it mm-hmm. using the guide and tells other people and then they... Get swept up into the public consciousness enough mm. that they think that it was discovered naturally, but it actually wasn't. I just because can't imagine
2: was... doing that much time and getting that summon. You, it would blow your mind. Like if you stumbled, stum- somehow oh. stumbled upon that combination of things.
1: A great example is um, Final Fantasy XII. Do you remember the Zodiac Spear?
2: Yeah, I believe that's what it was called. It was the Zodiac Spear. It was like one where you could only get this like
1: amazing weapon mm. if you didn't open a certain chest at some point in the game, and it was quite early on. And then right. you had to do a ton of other like different quests, and eventually you'd get to another place and then you'd be able to unlock this uh, special weapon. Now, mm-hmm. there is no
2: way somebody went through the game, saw that chest, and thought, I won't open that. <laughs> like, why would you think that? That's why the thing, all those that? those inverted ones where it's like, oh, actually, don't talk to that character, or don't so, do don't finish this quest, and it unlocks something later. Yeah. Like, that's either secrets in the code that people have hacked into or it is, it is from an official guide that was distributed at the time or something.
1: Or there was one where it's was like um, Steiner from Final Fantasy IX. You could get his, like, ultimate, ultimate weapon if you got to the final boss in Underclap six hours or something crazy and it's like no one would do this naturally (laughs) no one would do like i know that there are speedrunners out there but Mm -hmm. it required you to ignore a ton of stuff
2: for him in order to Mm -hmm. get this one weapon so it's like nah i'm not believing that you got this naturally we just had that in the it was like rarest rpg weapons ever or something because i didn't even know that was in there and i love final fantasy 9 that was something that jess put together but um yeah stuff like that where it's like it's it's a miracle if you happen to find it but what i thought is is what if developers because remember like when they've got anti piracy stuff, they'll Mm
1: -hmm. chuck a few um uh anti they'll chuck a few codes for their games or leaks of their games onto these um download sites that have the anti piracy software built into them. Mm -hmm. Um they do it on purpose so that the pirates download them, they get annoyed by it, but they enjoy the game maybe so they go out and buy Mm -hmm. it. It's to Mm -hmm. try and like sort of like curb it a little bit. I'm wondering if message boards back in the day, they were just like the devs would go on there under a different pseudonym and say, hey, look what I found. I found, I, can you believe that you can breed a the chocobo and like get to the Knights of the Round? And somebody must have been like, wait, what? You can do yeah. that? And be like, oh, yeah. And then they just disappear. That was the, one, <laughs> the, the little nugget of information. Just plant seeds and run away and then see I'd what they grow into. Because I'd love to find proof of this because mm-hmm. it, would, it would explain so much, for example. But it would be such a good like uh, list fodder as well mm. to just talk about. I know that we've done like times that the devs had to solve problems for you but yes. this like telling you the secret but under a different guise would have been so good
2: I think yeah uh, we've done quite a lot of things where it's like st- stuff that was genuinely impossible like it's just yeah I mean it's obviously was focusing on Knights of the Round but there are all sorts of specific uh, unlocks and stuff that just aren't remotely natural into how yeah. you're actually playing it uh, maybe different in the uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake maybe they'll point you more towards it because like I guess at this point well, Knights of the Round it, is more known at this point
1: they've made it a big thing haven't they because obviously in the gameplay trailer they show Cloud riding A golden Chocobo, don't they? Yes, I believe they do. Are they sure the racing stuff as well? Yeah, Yeah. so they're so they're clearly being like, hey, look, the Mm. mini games are back, and they are going to have a big
2: impact. Because Knights of the Round is such an over-the-top, massive, long summon that if you're going to do a full new version of that in 2024 or whatever, that's going to have to be this mini CG yeah. cutscene thing. Like I don't know how the hell they even it's, attempt to do it.
1: It's funny because I'm actually doing a list right now today on mm. um, uh, Final Fantasy VII's mini games. You know the 3D battler where you go and do like a like boxing love simulator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you Did you know that there is a naught point? Hold on, it is a. 0.89% that you will win the uh, fourth battle because the really? computer
2: reads every input that you do and only will occasionally <laughs> just go I'll let you have this one right okay because that yeah that whole thing I never finished that I'm sure there's a trophy for it on the um the re-release of the PS1 one on the PlayStation where you can actually if you do beat all the mini games you get a trophy crazy. but I never as a kid I never got through that the same with the snowboarding one it was like I never that's managed really to get the high school that's really difficult actually yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to them doing weird new versions of that stuff yeah Um. question from Jack Asbury who says out of all the millions of games out at the minute. Which one is currently living rent free in your head the most? Oh, that's a tough one because I've been. I don't know
1: if I've told you this. I've been playing a lot of um, Armored Core Six, right? Yeah. Um, but I have been bouncing off of it recently. I just, right. I, I don't. I find it's a very fun game to play, but I'm finding it way too easy. It is very easy to the until point. It's not yeah to the point where i'm just like not enjoying it i don't know why i'm winning and all of these like upgrades and stuff people are like oh yeah you should be like um changing your rig every single um uh, sortie that you go on mm-hmm. and i'm like okay fair enough but the problem is is that i've not been challenged enough to want to try changing everything else and i've just been getting through the exact same way I've just been like you do, oh yeah. get, get to the enemy uh, we can smash all the buttons done and mm-hmm. it's just like uh, okay so but... I was in the exact same yeah.
2: headspace as you it's um, I don't know if you if you fought there's a couple of bosses that tend to humble players um, right, okay. I forget the name of, of one of them but it's, it's a big floating enemy and it sort of sends out like waves of missiles and stuff okay um, yeah that thing is quite hard to fight and that took me a lot of tries um, but I was in the same place as you I was like this is really really easy why do I need to change my loadout it's I'm working it's all working pretty smoothly yeah. and then I hit certain bosses where I was like, oh, I'm actually going to respec and you know try like a defensive build mm-hmm, or try like mm-hmm. a more melee build or whatever. Um, and it, it was further in where I sort of got it. But I think in general it's quite an easy game until it's not. You get big spikes yeah, where there's it's big like, spikes. That's a robot. They're, they're not
1: they're not fun. I don't enjoy no. it when games do that because you don't actually come out the other side feeling that you've learned anything. You just go, well, i just learn how to beat that boss. Like mm-hmm. my skills overall haven't improved. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing that a lot. I wouldn't say that it's living rent-free. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk is still living rent-free nice. because I finished that. Mm-hmm. I was tempted to go back for the 100%, but I've not done that yet. And mm-hmm. I've been playing through the Resident Evil 2 remake again to get mm-hmm. ready for the Ada expansion. Or oh, shout out for separate ways. Yeah, and that game lives rent-free in my head anyway, but
2: Resident <laughs> Evil 2. I mean Resident <laughs> Evil 4. Um because of the fact that it's just very very fun. Yeah man. I think for me uh, at the minute it's Baldur's Gate but I'm sort of uh, I'm juggling Baldur's Gate in Mortal Kombat because I'm like mm. it's new Mortal Kombat. I love MK. Um, we've actually got a competition coming up which is a little little sneak peek of that thing it's still being ironed up but we're going to have a competition on the uh, channel very soon so keep nice. your eyes peeled for that. And um, we're giving something away but I can't reveal what it is just yet. But you'll see maybe it's Mortal Kombat themed. And um, so there's that. So I'm playing a lot of MK1. And then I'm also still going through Baldur's Gate 3. I'm like 50 hours in Baldur's Gate. Nice. Um, and I'm like, maybe it's not that much. Maybe it's about 30. But either way, I'm, uh, I'm right on the cusp of Act 2. But that game is just infinitely huge. Like yes. you can play it yes, for it days is. and feel like you've not really gone anywhere. Um, but at the same time, you've seen so much stuff. So it's definitely MK and Baldur's Gate for me. Um, and I did get a code for, um, have you heard of Trapang? Trapang 2? Um, no, I've not heard about that. Did you ever play the Fear games back on the 360? Uh, yes, I did play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah so like the fear games have like not no one's really done like slow motion um, you know like SWAT team horror stuff since then but there's this game coming out called Trapang 2 named okay. after the studio Trapang um, and it's literally just doing another fear game so it's like it's kind of well it's more action-based than horror but it plays like the old fear games that do. sounds amazing um, and it's lush like so I've, I've got that and so I'm playing a little bit of that I'm gonna try and put like a review together or some sort of talking point thing on it because it's just gonna get avoided or, or missed uh, this year but um, yeah my mind is always about three or four games that I'm juggling at any given time yeah. anyway but for the <laughs> Most part, it's Baldur's Gay. but um, but yeah. Overall, massive thank you to everybody for sending in your various questions and thank stuff. You. We will um check back in next week. This has been the UBP, the UBP, the, the UBP. UBP. I've been Scott Tilford. That's been Jules Gale. Indeed,
1: it has. And remember, you can go follow <laughs> Scott over at slash lp eighty nine, where he'll be putting out the
2: <laughs> next week, baby. Hell's yes. We'll let you know if Jules is appearing or if I have another fancy guest instead. But for now, massive thank you to everybody, and we'll catch you then. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.
0: Selling a little or a lot?